Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we are speaking to you from 2018. The future. But the podcast that you're about to listen to was recorded back in 2015. Can you believe that? July 11th and 12th, 2015, we yeah. recorded this bad boy. <laughs> this is... One of the longest running investigations that we have been sitting on yeah. for low these many years. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to hear about class one that we attended. Module one. So uh, I don't know. What do you say, Carrie? Let's restart the show. Hello, and welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And today we'll be talking about... Out-of-body experiences. Yeah. We'll leave our bodies and travel to you, but not just through the magic of sound. But we are actually floating... Right next to you right now watching you. Uh Uh-huh. Are you masturbating? We can see that. And we're not judging you. Just watching (laughs) you. We would never. We would never love the sin or hate the sin, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we went and took out-of-body experience classes. From the International Academy of Consciousness. Yes. The I... IAC. IAC. That's it. You know letters. Very good. And the terms won't be getting any shorter from here on out. No, they will not... So this place actually is here in LA. Yeah, though it's truly international. It is international. They've taught classes in 27 countries. Whoa. Yeah. Their headquarters are in Portugal, where they have like their study center. But yeah, they've got an LA office, and we went there. We went to it. So it was $130 to take a class. Yes. And the first module. Module one out of four modules. Right. Which was, is still just like the first part of this program. Was 130 bucks, And it's sort of the foundational information that you need to know before you can travel down this path and out of your own body. We were on a need to know basis. and We headed mm-hmm. down there. It was a hot day. And we wandered inside to a very cold room. A freezing cold room. (laughs) And you weren't there yet? Yeah. And the lady was like, you might want to go get a sweater because... The thermostat is stuck at 62 degrees. Yeah, the thermostat stuck at 62. Fahrenheit. Right. All we could do is turn it off and we don't want to do that. I was like, what? What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But... You really don't know your building very well, do you? Right. But so we went and I used your cat's blanket from your car. I'm glad that came in handy. Yeah. So we wandered in there. It was a very small room uh, that belongs to the IAC. It's in a building with other businesses. It's one of those sort of suites situations. Right. Yeah. So you walk upstairs and they've got like, you know, on the left, you can go buy mattresses. And on the right, you can go- Leave your body. Leave your body. (laughs) Exactly. Uh Yeah. Not a big room. It Mm -hmm. was larger than a bedroom, but still. But not a lot larger. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe and, a nice sized bedroom. Yeah, and a good tall ceiling, which mm-hmm. is all like drop tile ceiling. And it was funny, it was like a dentist's office where they'd replaced every three tiles, every other row with 
like a beautiful nature scene. Oh, yeah. Like, but I think those were covering lights. lights. Yeah. yeah so. they, they had uh, fluorescent lights and it would have been a very sterile room. So right. at least they put like the nice little cloud pictures and yeah. the Hawaiian beach looking up pictures right. to make you feel like, oh, I'm somewhere exotic. Right. But somewhere exotic, but kind of inconsistent. There's leaves over here and the sky <laughs> over here. But OK. And there was like a soul potted plant all by itself there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. keeping it green. And a bookcase that was sort of their gift shop, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was really it to the IAC, just that little uh, foyer and then our little larger than a bread box. Right. Room. room. Yeah. You don't get the impression that these people are rolling in dough here. Mm -hmm. I also want to mention some people might not have heard about of body experiences, but maybe they've heard of astral projection or astral traveling. Mm -hmm. So same Mm -hmm. idea here. It's that you leave your body, your spirit leaves your body and it walks out and then you can walk around the world or fly around the world. Yeah. But just your spirit. Your it, body's still laying in bed or wherever. You're still alive. You're not dead or you're anything. You're alive because you're connected to your body with a silver cord. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. Let's not get too carried away. No. Let's not get too rossed away. <laughs> <laughs> then you came in. Yeah. So and, I came and joined you in the cold room. And uh, you were the second man there. So 75% women. Yeah. Six women, you told me men. beforehand, I bet you're going to be the only man right. here. And then there was one other dude. One other guy yeah. in the back. Yeah, who? You didn't like. Oh, I didn't dislike him, but he was pretty high strung. Okay. He kept harshing my mellow. Yeah. Yeah. He kept finding like the negative aspect to every topic we'd cover. Right. And then very and nervously asking. Yeah. Really scared. Like constantly asking if he was going to be able to get back to his body after he traveled. And oh, right. Like, oh, the answer is always going to be yes. Calm down. Which is funny because they anticipated that at the very beginning mm-hmm. and tried to quell those concerns. Uh, neither you nor I thought that was ever going to be a concern. Like, right. what? I won't be able to get back to my body? Of course you'll be able to get back to your body. Right. But apparently a lot of people worry about that. Like, oh no, what if I get stranded and I can't find my way back? I can see the internal logic there. Like, because I think more likely I'm not actually leaving my body. It's probably more of like a phenomenon happening in my brain, Uh much like dreaming. So, you know, of course, I'm going to wake up and still be my body. But since they said it's basically practice for the death experience, if, yeah. if that's true, then I can see why you'd be afraid that just like, what, well, if, what, I if, I, what if I'm too good at it? Yeah. I or, practice too hard. Or what if you like run into somebody who's got a scythe and cuts that silver right, cord? Right, right. Which they discussed. It can't be done. It cannot be done. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. It'll all It'll rematerialize. So we had a teacher. Uh-huh. Uh, we had three teachers. But we did. The but first First day. First day was just one lady. Yeah. We'll call Irma. Sure. Let's okay. call her Irma. Okay. Irma. And we should say each class was supposed to be five hours uh-huh. with like a one hour break. So like six hours total. But uh, both of them, uh, both days in a row went over. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many questions and so much material to cover. And mm-hmm. it was dense. It was. It was a lot of material. There was a lot of vocab, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. A lot of new terminology. Yeah. So this was one of those where the place kind of had its own little language for what they were talking about right welcome to our jargon (laughs) yeah and they thought it was very very important that you know those words or you could not possibly understand these concepts so we had to walk through a ton of terms yeah oh slight diversion speaking of terms i noticed that they seem to abbreviate out of body experiences obe Uh which i've seen but i think more commonly i see the ubi the Uh oobe uh-huh yeah i have those interchanged in my notes i don't know if i'm gonna officially state that my favorite is oobe it seems to make more sense doesn't Mm -hmm. it out of 
right body experience but i see you know some people just leave out leave words out like of and sure uh, an and and the you mm-hmm. might call them articles <laughs> so our teacher irma she told us some background of the iac mm-hmm. they've been around for 20 years like i said they've taught in 27 countries amazing mm-hmm. where will they teach next they probably know and they have like five offices around the U.S. And then I, I think she kind of segued into the history mm-hmm. of out-of-body experiences, astral projection, right. astral travel. There were some other terms they threw out there. Uh, yeah. No Hold shortage on, of terms. Actually. Yeah, out-of-body experiences, astral traveling, astral projection, mystic voyage, and mm. unfolding. Oh, the unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. That was on the slide, but no one ever said that. Sure. And that sounds... Don't go talking about unfolding. No one's going to know what you're talking about. No one's going to know. Everyone's just going to think it's laundry day. (laughs) (laughs) We learned something very interesting right off the bat. Yeah. And that is that all of us have had out-of-body experiences. Right. We do them every night. you. Yes. You, listener. You, too, have had out-of-body experiences every night. It's called dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. But then you're only like, you're out of your body, but you're only a tiny, tiny bit aware but you're not out of your mind. Also true. So the difference they said between ordinary dreaming, lucid dreaming, and astral projection is the amount of awareness and the amount of control. Right. So when you have a lucid dream where you're like, hey, I think I'm dreaming right now. And maybe like you have a little sense of like, oh, maybe I could control this environment. But, mm-hmm. you know, nothing really happens. That's a lucid dream, they would say. Right. And then if you have enough control and presence of mind to be like, oh, I could go anywhere I want. I'm going to do X. I'm going to like move around in this environment. That's right. when it's an astral there's, projection. There's a sliding scale of consciousness. And in normal dreaming, you're very low. is like 20% or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, as you move up into lucid dreaming, it's like 40%. Yeah. Oh, actually, I have the numbers here. Oh, good. So in the dreaming process, you're at 3 to 5% awareness, they said. Oh, wow. Barely. Um, and to be fair, she did say these numbers aren't exact. This is just giving you an idea. I assume they're referring to REM sleep when they say that because they didn't differentiate. Oh, yeah. yeah, but they said dreaming, not sleeping. Oh, okay. So yeah. 20% aware would be the semi-conscious or lucid dream state. Okay. 40% aware they called the doubt stage, which is where we're getting input from the physical and the energy realms. So huh. you're kind of like on your way. <laughs> huh. 60% aware is certainty. So that's when you're like actually able to control what's Got going it. on. 80% awareness is pretty much total self-awareness. It's the same as our normal waking state. Okay. 100% is the cosmoconsciousness level, oh, yeah. also known as nirvana, enlightenment, Samadhi. It's it's very rare. Yeah, that's their own invented term for it because, you know, there's already three. Let's add one. Sure. She she said it was very rare and it kind of had like, I don't know, a twinkle in her eye. Just kind of like, come on, don't even think you're going to get this. You're right. It's for the Buddha. Okay. (laughs) That's true. I did kind of get that impression that we are not to expect that we will become Buddhas ourselves. Right. It was funny when she was talking about the history of all this. She would just very loosely kind of say, oh, yeah, well, they've known about this for a long time, like in prehistory. Like Plato and the allegory of the cave. I was that, like, oh, I don't think that's what that's it's about. It's like, yeah, it's, a, it's an analogy that you might apply <laughs> yeah, to the out-of-body experience. Could, but, yeah. yeah, that's not what he was well, talking I about. We're co-opting at this and, point. And I like just this very generic, like, well, in prehistory, they called it the Ka. Uh-huh. And it was the soul. Uh-huh. And there were like the Egyptians and they had the Book of the Dead. that's pretty much how she would cite her sources great it was like someone just kind of like a vague recollection of something they heard 20 years ago it's like the invention of the tv richard nixon jfk you know (laughs) 
you get me? Okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it was like, okay, this is a class. You could maybe study that a little better. Right, right. And, and then or she, just don't mention it. I right. didn't need that. Yeah, leave it out. Yeah. I, I could have come up with that too. By the way, this whole series of classes is called the Consciousness Development Program. Yes, the CDP. Mm-hmm. And remember that. There will be a quiz. God, if there's a quiz, I'm going to oh. fail that fucker. <laughs> Seriously. (laughs) Unless it's open note, in which case I am prepared. And then she broke all of the historic times down into two sections. There's the esoteric. Mm -hmm. And she never really described why they use the word esoteric, but Mm -hmm. you can figure Mm -hmm. it out. And that was roughly 13th to 18th centuries. And that was kind of the pre-scientific age. She talked a lot about how uh, religion has kind of quashed this metaphysical exploration because it was considered demonic or dark or bad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Interestingly, though, didn't claim that science has done that. So we are very lucky now to live in the exoteric period, mm-hmm. the age of science, where, you know, it's not condemned. But mm-hmm. it was interesting, uh, Irma was mm-hmm. saying that she was raised in Catholicism, and right. this was always seen as a bad thing. I think in my upbringing, that out-of-body travel would have all been seen as very new-agey, mm-hmm. and yeah, definitely something tied to the devil. I was a bit of a cafeteria Christian that way. I took a lot of like new-agey stuff with mm. me, so I'm not sure what I would have thought. Okay. But I remember that my best friend Claire, uh, hi Claire, uh, that <laughs> she... When we were kids, she had an out-of-body experience that was like very vivid to her. And when I think of out-of-body experiences, I immediately think of that one because she, huh. in the dream, she flew and then an old lady gave her an ice cream scoop and she was like, look at the numbers on the handle. And then Claire looked at the Whoa. numbers. Yeah. And there was a series of numbers. So when she woke up, she wrote down the numbers. What? And then she asked us in class, she was like, does anyone know? Is this like a date? Does it mean anything to anyone? And it didn't. And then someone said, well, maybe it was the serial number of the of the spoon. Spoons have serial numbers? Yeah. Maybe that one did. I don't know. Okay. And then Claire was like, oh, that's a good idea. But at this point, the internet wasn't ubiquitous, so we didn't have a way to look it up. And we were just like, yeah, maybe. I wish she still had that number. I know. I told her about this recently, and she was like, I do not know what you are talking about. She didn't remember this at all? <laughs> no. Oh my. But you can ask Claire. I remember her childhood much better than she oh, does. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. So also, kids are fresh off of the other dimensions. So when they come to this earth, they're more easily able to like access out-of-body experiences, right. access the other realm, which is like a pretty common theme, I think, among a lot of the things we yeah, visit. Yeah, as you get old, you get hardened and you stop right. looking at the world with such wonder and you lose your magical ways and you can't find your way back to Narnia. Like in, in our James Bond Prague episode just a couple episodes ago, your son yeah. was very prized for all of his wisdom uh-huh. while secretly falling asleep during uh, the class. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, the innocence of a child. <laughs> Andrew. Oh, but hold on, Ross. Oh, hi, Carrie. Hey, Ross. It's me, Carrie from 2018. Anyway, I am interrupting to tell you we have a Jumbotron. A Jumbotron? Yes. And this one's from the podcast Moms and Murder. Moms, Murder, and Mischief. Oh, my. Mandy and Melissa will become your new favorite moms when you check out Moms and Murder, a true crime podcast that will make you laugh without compromising the seriousness of the content. Despite the name, this podcast is not just for moms. It's for all the Diet Coke drinking, chicken raising, Dateline watching people in your life. So come for the murder, stay for the witty humor and reality TV show references. Check out Moms and Murder anywhere podcasts are found. Gonna have to listen to that. Uh, So consciousness has three states, Ross. Does it? Yes. So there's the intraphysical. That's the here and now. You and I are in it. Uh-huh. This sense I'm touching you. Yep. That's yep. only in the intraphysical sense in that I'm body. touching you. Right. Does uh, it hurt? Uh, Does it hurt? Uh, Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> 
<laughs> Jeez, boy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then there's the projected state, uh, which is like your regular sleeping state and the out-of-body experience state. And then there's the extra physical, which is where... When you're dead. Yeah, that's like the layman's way to look at it, Ross. Uh-huh. But to, you know, get really technical about it, it's when the consciousness continues apart from the body, like ghosts or spirits. And then she said, we like to say extra physical instead of like <laughs> ghost-like or dead because it doesn't give people the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> well, you don't want to do that. No. So you say extra physical. So if you haven't gathered yet, we're talking about some mind-body dualism here. Yeah. Oh, certainly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So they believe these are separate entities that you have some soul that lives inside you, like a little Cartesian passenger mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. out through your eyes. Yeah. I, it, I mean, and that's a very common point of view. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I would I'd say, say that's the majority yeah. position for sure. Probably. And a kind of hard illusion to shake if you choose to shake it. Oh, well, maybe it's not an illusion. Maybe not. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, certainly we were surrounded by imagery of all this and mm-hmm. the traditional kind of imagery that you picture, you know, that looks very new agey of all these sleeping prone bodies with mm-hmm. other bodies floating out of them, but that sl- are identical, but slightly transparent. Yeah. Right. And, uh, with, and they're glowy. They've got, you know, like an aura of white light and mm-hmm. then like this weird kind of electricity, mm-hmm. little, little connections, little zaps of straight aura that are connecting it back to the body and a really thick tether so for our photographer friends, it's like when you have a really, really long shutter speed on your camera and you just step into the frame for a second and then leave and it leaves that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Leaves a little stamp of yourself. Right. Looks like that. Yeah. And then you have that silver cord connecting you to, to your right. body. So the silver cord, you noticed this, I didn't notice it, but it goes from like the yeah. third eye of the physical body. The teacher was very proud of me and I was very proud of me. <laughs> Goes from like the third eye of the physical body, the third eye is right between our other two eyes, right? To the base of the skull of the, the extra physical body, the nuchal chakra. The nuchal chakra is yeah. that what it's called? Remember, they showed us a, a chart that showed uh-huh. all the different chakras. Yeah, I just didn't remember it's called the nuchal chakra. <laughs> yeah, well, I remembered because it's funny. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they'd come up with like their own names for all the chakras, too. Like, uh-huh. well, let's not use all the names everybody else already has, let's and come then, up with our own. I've always heard there were seven chakras, but they said there are 88 thousand chakras right right and just seven main ones and they had like 13 main ones or something because they'd added ones around the kidney or something like oh, that yeah. some okay. that were had left the uh, symmetry of the spine and were slightly elsewhere uh-huh. but yeah they showed us this chart and showed all the chakras and they'd refer to them constantly especially when we were doing meditations and yeah your tether holds on to your astral body's back of the neck chakra mm-hmm. and attaches to the third eye right in the center of your forehead Mm -hmm. uh, chakra. Which kind of makes sense. Like your third eye chakra is supposed to sort of be your connection to the divine. Yeah, totally makes sense. I get the uh, logic there. Also, they mentioned that there have been some scientific Ross studies. Yes. That prove that out-of-body experience not only happens, but isn't just in your old little mind. They have shown that. They, they, the great they. There's a lot of reference to they. (laughs) One of the pieces of evidence given was someone named Charles Tart and his partner, last name Monroe. Oh, right. So they were at UC Davis, and she said that their studies proved out-of-body experiences. And they said they had one woman in particular who had a very active out-of-body history. Okay. So they put her in this um, sleep study where they just kept monitoring her with, what are those, electrodes? Yeah. On her, her little old Carrie brain. Carrie is tapping her forehead. <laughs> and then what they did was, it's pretty clever. So they had her lying on a bed 
And then above her, there was a screen projecting a series of five numbers and and the five numbers were facing the ceiling so she couldn't see it but theoretically if she could float up she would be able then to observe the numbers and tell the report them back right okay so they did it for i believe four nights and she she didn't know what they were and the fifth night ross she did it what you say what you say what she has succeeded well no not really uh-huh. so <laughs> it turns out that the guy leading the experiment kept falling asleep uh... and wasn't monitoring her and so well it's good i was playing out all these scenarios of how she'd snuck a look at the numbers after uh-huh. day four and there you go that's and, it and so uh susan blackmore who's the expert hey. on out-of-body experiences yeah. from a scientific point of view she said that you can just look at the electrodes and see whether she got up and the electrodes show the, the exact kind of activity it takes to stand up, reach up, and get on your toes. Whoops, a Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Smoking maybe don't gun. leave those electrodes on. Yeah, take them off and then say, I don't know, maybe it went out for a second. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Right. Oopsie daisy. Yeah. So, yeah, that was their scientific proof. And someone else noticed that also if you laid in a certain way, you could see it reflected in a clock. So there were all, oh boy, <laughs> there were a few problems here. Great some protocol. controlling issues. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they said that that was gosh darn proof. And I can see why until you look into the methodology. Uh-huh. So, Ross, would you like to tell me which motto you like more? Service. <laughs> <laughs> Service is the jewel, jewel in, in the, the rock, rock of, of attainment. attainment. We'll throw back to the Ethereum Society. Yeah. What, what, listeners? Or be lucid, question everything and everyone, experiment, ponder. <laughs> well, there's more to that one. Sure. I like the IAC's motto. I think it's pretty you're gonna, good. You're going to take that one? Yeah, it's like the question everything and everyone. Oh, it's be lucid. Question everything and everyone. Experiment. Experiment and ponder. Yeah, but there's no ands. These are all... Sure. Yeah. Experiment, period. Yes, Ponder, exactly. period. <laughs> I do think this one is probably a better thing to live by, but I have to say, it uh-huh. is not as beautifully formed as service <laughs> is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Yeah, because that attainment is just... <laughs> it's worthless. The attainment's and just fucking everywhere. You've got and a, you're like, chip, 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 chip. Finally, t- some service. <laughs> what do I have to do to get some service around here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god every now and then i think about that and- quick quiz pop quiz poppy quiz blotter quiz got it what are the four vehicles of consciousness hint the first one is the same as the name of the drug in aldous huxley's brave new oh, world got it okay soma yes yes the psychosoma good the energosoma yes and ergo, the somatosoma. No, you no. stupid idiot. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. How dare you? Mm. Well, it's the last I wouldn't one. have got, I would not have remembered any of those except oh, yeah? maybe psychosoma. The mental soma. Mental soma, that's right. <laughs> of course. I'm going to wash out my <laughs> mental soma with soap. So, okay, what's the soma? So, the soma is just your regular body. Your physical it's body. what we all know. Yep, good. That you live your intraphysical life in. Right. Okay. Why are you hitting yourself? Right? <laughs> that one. Okay. And the and psychosoma. The psychosoma. That is that which you project. Right. Yes. The astral body, the emotional body, the one we project. So it's, it's very good. It's just like your real body, except I guess it usually looks like our body and wears our same clothes because that's how we picture ourselves. We're just used to seeing ourselves. Right. Way. 
But she actually said, if you're one of those people who like sees themselves as a wolf, yes, you will see a wolf. Yeah, I, I think we'd even ask that, like, can you make yourself into other things, create avatars for yes. yourself? Well, and- I asked one teacher that, and she was like more confused, and then a later teacher clarified okay. it. I think. Well, I like that teacher's answer. I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. That they were saying in the astral realm, certainly you could see someone, and they could be a fat old man projecting himself as a young, attractive lady. Right, and they said in particular. So it's just like the internet. <laughs> right. Be careful in the astral world. Right. It's uh, everyone's catfishing in the astral realm. Uh-huh. Yeah, they actually said most people who live out their entire normal lives, when they get to the extra physical plane, they usually choose to look between 30 and 40. Yes. I don't know well, why exactly. I guess oh, no, 30s and 40s, so between 30 and 50. Yeah, that's, I guess, whenever they form their clearest picture of themselves, which actually kind of yeah, makes sense. I can get that. You know, you, you set your hairstyle for life uh-huh. in the your type of clothing taste, you wear, supposedly. your eyeglasses. Uh-huh. Oh, so, is that right? Do we set our eyeglasses? Or? I don't know. You see like a lot of older people wearing like 60s glasses. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and all together, the soma, the psychosoma, the energosoma, and the mental soma make up the... Oh, 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 wait, holosoma. Yes, the holosoma. Okay, sure, why Yeah, not? we need a word for that. Right, why? <laughs> I mean, why not then be like, and all the holosomas of humanity make up the humanosoma, and all the, <laughs> all the living creatures make up the biosoma. U- universosoma. <laughs> right. We are at this point surrounded by books on the shelf that say projectiology. Yes. These are the kind of words they come up with. Conscientiology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good That one. just rolls off the tongue. So I, I was asking, why do they add all those extra... And then I realized, like, if they didn't add that extra I toward the end, it would just be conscientology. Oh. But now it's conscientiology. smart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Good call is what I said. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they love putting words together, but they don't know how to create a true portmanteau where you kind of remove mm-hmm. redundant bits. Mm-hmm, and so it just mm-hmm. turns into this really long, Very long string word. of letters. Yeah. You made a good point that it makes sense that one of the teachers was German. Right. This. <laughs> Appeals naturally. That is the best way to combine words. Just smush them together. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also doing all this traveling will increase your paranormal abilities, like your clairvoyance, because it mm-hmm. gets you more in, in contact in, oh, yeah. in communication with your... Right. Yeah, there were a lot of benefits to this whole process that you increase your interpersonal relationships Mm -hmm. and your ability to focus in life. Decrease your stress, which I can believe totally. Like meditation certainly does that, and this is kind of meditative. Uh, Past life recall. Yes. So part of this lore is definitely uh, reincarnation. Which is interesting because, you know, there's like over 7 billion of us now. Mm -hmm. Where were we all before? We were animals. That was a lot of animals. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Oh, actually, and also she did say that animals have spirit bodies as well. Yeah, I asked that and they confirmed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can see them in the astral realm. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I wonder if Ella. So Ella, my doggie, I can see her over there asleep on the bed. And so right now she's out of her body. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the astral realm. Yeah, because I was kind of leading toward... All right, so we evolved uh-huh. on this planet. Right. When did we start having these other bodies and uh-huh. why did they evolve as well? And it's funny because they use the term evolution constantly, mm-hmm. but they're referring to some, clearly like it's an another- interpersonal evolution. Yeah, yeah, like evolving as a, a, a sentient being, as a spiritual being. Right. 
but yeah, they kept talking. They kept talking about evolution. Yeah, on that bookshelf, there was this. You could see like the ape slowly getting upright as the mm-hmm. full walking ape, and then another body emerging from its stomach, not unlike an alien. But oh, I don't remember that part. Oh yeah, okay. there's like this astral body traveling out of the stomach of the fully upright human oh, okay. at the end of cool. the evolutionary line. But yeah, at least she verified that animals can travel outside. But like shrimp. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Mushrooms. Mushrooms. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I don't know. It was it wasn't clearly defined where that line breaks off. I wonder what they have to say about like hallucinogenic drugs. Oh like, well, yeah, that wasn't really doing? brought up much, huh? Yeah, we should ask. Yeah, I would imagine they would just n- easily knock you into that state. Yeah, that would be my guess. But, mm. you know, sometimes they surprised me and were like, oh, no, that's not anything. So I could see them just being like, oh, no, that's just your brain. Right. Yeah, another thing I'd like to know more about is, yeah, what is that distinction between the fantastical realm, I think they uh-huh. called it, the objects of fantasy, and what is truly the astro plane? Uh-huh astro world I, w- I would like to have that better kind of clarified because obviously the brain can come up with all of these things yeah. it can produce all kinds of absurdities and reproduce your daily life and right. it can seem so convincing why not just explain all of this with the brain well and one of the teachers said that if you like watch a movie that has london in it and then you dream that you're in london right my immediate thought is because you watched the movie about London and that's in your head. No, no. <laughs> it's because you made a connection with London during the movie and now that's where you want to go. That is another way of explaining that's it. That's a way. But, okay, to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. or God's advocate. Sure. I guess one of their objections to your point might be that they say you can get this sort of external collaboration. Like, I can yes. I can meet you outside of my body if we set up, okay, we're going we're gonna to astral travel at 2 p.m. and we're going to meet in my house. And then if afterward you and I are like, yeah, I saw you, you were wearing red, we talked about X. Yeah, and it seems like this whole belief system and a very elaborate system they've created is really all like that is the uh, underpinning that holds it together. Like, oh yeah, I went and I saw my mom in her kitchen and she was cooking this and I called her later and I said, hey, I saw you, you were wearing a blue dress and you were cooking a souffle. Uh And she's like, yep, that was... I do that every night, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay. Oh, what? No. Being all logical. But wait, 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 wait. What, Ross from the future from 2018 during the Trump presidency? Something we could Uh, not have foreseen. Oh my goodness, if 2015 us knew that. Oh my God. We would have done everything to stop it. I can't imagine. I would have left my body. At that point, it would just seem such a laughable idea. Yeah. Oh, well, it did to us. Oh, yeah, sure. The Monopoly guy. (laughs) Oh, we elected Biff Tannen. Sure. That's well, we funny. even made a joke about, or I made a joke about it in 2017, wasn't it? Right, and then everybody who's listened to those old episodes says, like, "Oh, it's so oh, sad." Oh, Gary, you yep. didn't think it was possible? I didn't. No, I didn't either. I, even the people who liked him didn't think it was possible. <laughs> I was blindsided, but anyways, <laughs> that's not the point. The point <laughs> is, the reason we're interrupting <laughs> is because we wanted to tell you about some of the fine entertainment from Maximum Fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better than the Trump presidency, like this show. Fairhaven's a hip town. Craft breweries, killer music scene. There's only one catch. The bloodthirsty monsters. Feel free to hit the deck while we lay down some suppressing fire. You're gonna kill them? Nah, these are shock rounds, so it should just knock them out. We use these on the kids after they've had too much sugar cereal. Hun, stop! We do not! He's such a jokester, this one. Anyway, hit the deck, please! Ah! Yeah! Ah! 
Yeah! Get some! Get some! Yeah! Good job, hon! That was great! You're the best. Bubble, the sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble. Oh, Carrie? Yes, Ross, is it? Yep. We haven't even mentioned the other people in the class, except for the guy. That's true. Well, yeah, we haven't mentioned all the women. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's just mention the man, Ross, and let's just ignore all the women until you brought it up just now. Uh Uh-huh. So there was another woman named Carrie. Yeah, we were one-fourth of the class. Yes. And yeah, there were six others. Uh, And and a quarter of the class was also Carrie's. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a good way of thinking of it. And yeah, then there was there was a woman behind us who never said like anything. Mm-mm, and didn't show up the second day. Yeah, and she just didn't seem very she happy. She seemed unhappy. I would use the prefix un. Yes. Yes. Double plus unhappy. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lady to my left. Uh-huh. And attractive nice lady. lady. Yeah, she looked like kind of a Hollywood housewife kind of uh-huh. stereotype, I guess. Yeah, sort yeah. of like the- A uh, blonde- sp- Spray tan. Slightly plasticky looking lady. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. told us later she had a degree in thanatology uh-huh. from University uh, of Ohio. Yeah. The World University of Ohio. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, yes. I see. World <laughs> University, University of, of Ohio. Two O's. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> They basically do like certification programs. Okay, for, it's like, not a diploma careers. mill, but you can do like online. I don't training. know if it is. She said she did online training. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it is mostly online training. Okay, it doesn't appear to be a diploma. And mill. then on the other side of the aisle, we had panicky guy in the back. Right. And then two the, women. Oh yeah, two women next to each other. Yeah, one was fairly quiet through most uh-huh. of this. The other one had a big shock of black curly hair. And they both had like a weird read on them. Yeah, they seemed like a little upset. Yeah. Maybe a little confrontational. Yeah, couldn't tell which side of the confrontation they were falling on. I have to tell my favorite story about the black haired lady. Yeah. I asked a question at one point on the second day. I was trying to kind of get a a feeling for the physics of astral travel because, Mm -hmm. well, you step outside of your body and they're telling stories of people like, oh, I was just walking towards the light switch and all of a sudden I realized I wasn't in my body. Right. You think you would notice like, oh, I'm floating. And so I wonder like, well, does gravity affect you? It sounds like this body is really affected by the physical forces. Mm -hmm. And so she looks over so disdainfully and says, oh, physics. That's just a theory. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and you said, well, it's a pretty reliable one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good theory yeah. as far as theories go. Yeah. Uh, I told you later that I suddenly had this picture <laughs> of you just like, it's hard to describe, but sort of flapping your hands under your chin okay. so that she would like be forced to reckon with something in the physical world. And then you'd just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not doing anything. That's <laughs> yeah. just the theory. Yeah. This is something you got in your brain. I like that you had an observation about me in your notes. Oh, yeah. That when there was something really obviously wrong stated, you would scratch your beard. That's hilarious. I have have no recollection of that. (laughs) Also, with your point about gravity, I also pointed out that like in all the pictures, everyone's still like walking upright and their hair is being affected by gravity and their clothes are being affected by gravity. They're just it's just that where your feet would go is higher. You know, like this is not how. Yeah, you think they'd be like in the space station, essentially, right, hair like, going everywhere, right, and like floating, where you have to like, if you want to stabilize, you have to grab something, you right. know. Right, and the astral body would have like really poor bone density. Right. 
Uh, <laughs> but I accepted her explanation, which is, well, since it's really just a projection of your own image of yourself, it just kind of doesn't matter. And the instructor I asked that to, he was saying, you know, that's really a huge question for research and something we're really looking into. And we, we just don't know. We and, just don't know. And Ross. he kind of, he mentioned, it was funny, he, I don't want to shoot too far forward into the second day, but you know, he mentioned like the strong nuclear force and the weak nuclear force and gravity. And, uh, you know, he, he knew of which we spoke. He was like mm-hmm. fairly uh, lucid on the topic, but mm-hmm. believed all the paranormal stuff as well. To call back to an investigation almost four years ago, Ross. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of how the Mormons would say, we don't know the answer to that, so we just put it on the shelf. On the shelf. To ask God later. Um. Turn it off like a light switch. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and uh, one other person in the room. Mm -hmm. The other Carrie. The other Carrie. She is the most entertaining person in the room. Loves pink. She's us, essentially. Because uh, oh, in what she's interested in, yeah, because yeah, but not necessarily her perspectives. Because the the teacher was trying to say, oh, I'm going to give you some techniques to help you concentrate, and she's like, oh, I have some great ones from James on Prague. Yeah, <laughs> and the lady is kind of like, all right, calm down. Yeah, yeah, we don't do other teachers here unless uh, it's the Buddha. Another so. time, she was talking about visiting John of God. That's mm-hmm. like so the sort of thing we would do, mm-hmm. except she maybe has a slightly different perspective. Yeah, on the topics. Probably. Maybe not. But she just, she'd spout off the most hilarious things every now and then. Yeah. She also was wearing pro gay marriage shirt the oh, first day. Oh, good for her. I like her. Yeah. We have pro gay marriage shirts. We do. Yeah. So, all right. Ross, you might be wondering. I am Ross. Could I use astral projection to heal my own self? Mm hmm. Yes. I was asking Short answer. Thing. Yes. Nice. You can use it for self-healing. You can use it for energetic self-defense. You can use it for headaches and fatigue, which we all know if we listen to this goddamn show, we know (laughs) that I keep getting headaches for going on, well, for longer than the show. Right. But don't worry. It's just because I'm so sensitive and I absorb other people's energies and then, well, my head hurts. This means, yeah, you're just an uh, evolved person. I'm just super evolved, you guys. Um, oh, yeah, the defense. That, that was interesting. I remember the lady to my left, she was really worried about other astral bodies yes. coming to peep on her. Because yeah. that's a really a good point. Because we're talking about like, oh, I can yeah. go travel and see my mother in another country. What, what if your mom doesn't want you? Yeah, exactly. What <laughs> if you're on the toilet? Yeah. What if you're in flagrante delecto? Yes, okay. Or that. <laughs> same, same idea. Different and, you know, people are just wondering. And I, you think that the spiritual realm would be a great traveling place for peeping toms. Yeah, oh, for sure. Creepos. And so then she, so we're all like, oh, Oh, yeah, interesting theoretical question. Turns out not at all theoretical for this woman. Uh-huh. Because guess who she's on her bedroom? <laughs> her ex's sister. Yes, and she does not like her ex's sister. Uh-uh. And I knew what she was up to. I saw her astral body projecting into my room. And the sister it- was looking at her goddamn vision board, so she had to take it down in the morning. Yeah. And then she said, this was so cute. She was like, I, just like I'm sure every other woman in this room, have a vision board. <laughs> what? I mean, look around, Ross. Do you see a vision board? No, but I'm, I not, al- I'm not hating on vision boards or anything. I'm but just I saying, also don't see any it's oils. In, it's in every woman's room. <laughs> oh, never mind. All right. Fair enough. It's not like it's in every woman's room. Come on. No. Come on. Come on. Well, not now that we have Pinterest. Yeah, you don't need <laughs> You don't it. need a vision board anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, it helps with the quote-unquote 
Little toxicities in the soma. Oh, Back yes. to our toxins. Toxins, always with the toxins. So, Ross. That's me. You've heard of chi. Yeah. You've heard of prana. Sure have. Why not give it another name? <laughs> yeah, don't don't use those. <laughs> Why not? And actually, this is probably the most useful one. Uh-huh. Why not bioenergy? Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure, bioenergy. I mean, for once, at least they're taking words that already exist. And it sounds scientific-ish. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it. Like, bioenergy, I could imagine that being sort of like uh, us taking in the cells of, of food and blah, blah, blah. I like blah, how blah. they introduced that. Like, <laughs> do you guys know what energy is? Uh-huh. And I was like, um, the ability to do work? Yeah, and, and she was like, yes. That's right. Which actually, I was impressed because usually questions like that, are like, I have one particular answer in mind and anything else I just won't accept. And even if you you. actually happen to stumble on it, I'll say no and then restate it in a slightly different way. And do it in a conversation better. (laughs) But she was just like, yes, exactly. The ability to do work. Good job. (laughs) All right. Well, we're with you. And then she said, describe different types of energy and then led to, and the bioenergy is what surrounds the body Mm -hmm. and is through the body. And all living things including plants which by the way feel pain yeah that was just sort of oh yeah referencing those studies as well right barely lighted upon but yes yes good we've covered that what about imminent energy what's that i don't know what is that that is energy when it's clean it has no pattern no information in it it's just pure just yeah unadulterated it's not carrying a signal right but then what about phytoenergy? Oh, 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 that's the energy of plants. Yes. So the eminence energy goes into the plants. <laughs> I love that they- Photosynthesizes and comes out as phytoenergy. Yeah. And this is like energy you can tap into. It's very strong. And I love they showed their Portugal research center. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it was just this glorified treehouse they had. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this is our research station- uh, for fight awesome. for phyto energy. Oh, I totally go. Yeah. I'd be there all day for sure. I believe that place was called. So there were two labs. One was called the Immobilitarium, <laughs> and mm-hmm. one was called the Projectarium. Uh huh. And the Projectarium is a lab with perfect conditions to leave the body, and like a board that goes out like over an abyss, and then you lay on that. And I was like, oh yeah, sounds great. And they're like, oh, well, this <laughs> is scary, the this is okay. the perfect place right. to practice. But of course, you can do it in your sweaty apartment bed too. Right. <laughs> your mattress on the floor. But this is the swankiest place. And they said not to have pets around. And I live in a studio apartment with my pet. Uh. And come on, what am I going to do? What are you going to uh, do? Anyway. Immobilitarium. Yeah, I kept having this question. So again, if we go with the biological explanation, I completely understand why my out-of-body experience would end as soon as someone touches me or says a loud noise. Okay. Why would it end if you're really leaving your body? Why would you snap back into your body as soon as yeah. you hear a noise? You know what? I kind of get that Like, if you haven't gone far that you would get nervous or anxious or or even too excited. I think that would be my concern. Like, oh, wow, wow, I'm outside of my body. And then I'd be thinking about it too much. And then boom, snap back. Well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely what happens. But like, but why, if it's really a spiritual experience, why does stimulus in the physical body draw it back? Yeah, I guess apparently that manages to travel along the silver cord and alert the astral body uh, in okay. case there's an emergency. All right, I'll accept that. Okay. How about... 
Hydro energy. It's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's from the ocean, the water. Water, right? Geo energy comes from the earth. She confirmed the vortexes in Sedona. Yes, yes. geo energy. Mm-hmm. Cosmo energy from space. Uh huh. Consciential energy. So, so funny. I kept waiting for them to say something about the sun. Like, oh, our right. Biggest energy provider. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not even going to bring it up because I think it's hilarious that they're mm-hmm. talking about these sources of energy and don't mention the sun. Right. Yep. But cosmo energy, yeah, let's talk about that? the space. Maybe they were like, well, how are we going to spell this? Solo energy? This is too hard. Forget it. <laughs> he- helio energy. That's what oh, they would call it. Oh, there you go. There you go. You're welcome, International <laughs> Academy of Consciousness. So consciential energy is like you or me or Ella. We get conscious beings taking in energy, assimilating it, giving it thoughts and feelings, sending it back out. And now it has like a very packed informational density to it Mm. because it's been Mm -hmm. through a conscious being. Okay. But Ross, the thing is, then I'm around you and you're around me and we're just exchanging all this energy. And if your energy has bad thoughts and stuff, I'm just absorbing your shit. Oh, well, you might say that I project, well, I project thoughts. Yes. But also... Uh, sentiments. Uh-huh. And emotions. Uh-huh. God. I wish there were a word that would combine all of those. Well, I mean, we could just say thoughts, Thetans? sentiments, and energies. Yeah, or you know, like, what if you took like the first three letters mm-hmm. of thoughts? Okay. So. So. so okay. And then it was sentiment. You know, let's grab three of those two. Mm-hmm. So, so sen. sen. And then, she's. I'm just running out of space. Let's just grab the E off okay. of that last Thosine. one there. Thosine, yeah. Okay, let's, let's call let's them call thosines. It that. Why not? This will help us get out of our bodies. Sure. If we have words for everything, great. <laughs> Thosinically. Yeah, so every thosinate. person- Yes, thosinates, which is where you're sending out a tentacle of energy because you're thinking and feeling about something. At this point, I'm just like, <laughs> could we just like meditate or whatever it is my, my, so that we can get out of our goddamn bodies? <laughs> they were going to drive you out of your mind one way or the other. <laughs> yes. My favorite was when- a little, I don't know, near the end of the class, she used the term thosinicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stop. Just stop I wrote it. that down to me, like, thosinicity. <laughs> they conjugate this every which way. But yeah, thosines yes. are kind of like thetans, but yeah, they are- Mostly just sounds like thetan, that's all. And they can be combinations of thought, sentiment, and energy. They could be, you know, more heavily thought or more- th- heavily energy so she gave us ad nauseum all these examples and kind of drew little diagrams on the board like this is primarily a sentiment that Mm -hmm. you are sending out but then these things uh not unlike thetans can get tied to certain objects Uh uh-huh and then they are holothocenes holothocenes holothocenetically now you might be thinking well what's an example of a holothocene well she gave us some examples here in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. so she was like what are some holothocenes here the traffic negativity being really shallow really wanting to get really successful in your work but there's also good things like Like palm palm trees trees. or you know I tell people that I'm from LA and they're like oh palm trees or like you know and then she writes (laughs) palm trees oh she's got his palm Anything. <laughs> LA is such a horrible place. At least it has palm trees. <laughs> Thank God for the palm trees that are not native to LA. She has a whole litany of horrible things about LA, but I then know. like oh, I like ca- LA for the record. There's gotta be something good about it. Oh, me too, totally. Good. But she said that holothocenes, the strongest thing that they can be imprinted with is the emotion of a conscious being. Of a child. 
Sure. (laughs) A child or an adult. Yes, yes. Any conscious being. And she said that things that are metal or have high conductivity are the worst, right? Like they suck it all up. So what did I say, Ross? What did I say? Oh, wait, hold on. Let me think about this. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I said, well, I'm thinking now about my iPhone, which is like- Oh, yeah, made by slaves. Yeah, it's like a lot of metal, very highly conducted. And everyone looked very uncomfortable, including me, because I'm sitting there with my iPhone. (laughs) Right. I was like, it's it's made by slaves and often child slaves. So is it just full of negative energy? And she was like, oh, no, because it's with them for such a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just the, soaks up yours The assembly now. line is so efficient. They right. barely imprint it with right. any negative thoughts. Now that it's been energy. in your purse, just hanging out. It's fine. Oh, oh okay. and that's the thing. I don't know how this thing is, this thought process is useful anymore, but you, okay. You can override uh, negative energies by exuding positive energies. So perhaps all of the happy texts you have sent uh, have okay. driven away the negative thocenes sure to improve the holothocene well your phone would be an object it's not a holothocene it's a right it's oh what's the term it's a metathocene a mobilithocene a mantrathocene carrie's looking through notes here a conscientiothocene a exothanothocene a morphothocene. Morphothocene, that's it. So objects are morphothocene. Things that have been used in war or murder, those have very negative thocenes attached to them. And I was saying, well, couldn't that be explained a little psychologically? And I was trying to reference that you know, that common class experiment where you tell people, you know, who this wants to wear this totally sweater? This on me, by the way. Oh, yeah? 100%. I'll, I'll give you, you know, $10 to wear this sweater. And everybody's like, yeah, give me the 10 bucks. I'll wear the sweater. That's awesome. And, and then you're like, it was actually worn by a serial killer. Yeah. And then, like, no one wants to touch yeah, the sweater. Yeah, I wouldn't want to touch that goddamn You wouldn't? No. Unless it were, like, Charles Manson. If it were, like, a particular person I'm really interested in, I'd probably be too interested to not. But, like, if it were just a vague psycho killer, yeah, it just becomes very creepy. Yeah? Yeah, no, it works on me for sure. I mean, I'd probably be able to overcome it if I really wanted but to. It kind but of, it kind of gives light to this whole hollow thocene, yeah. thocene thing. Because if it's been absorbing all these negative thocenes, I should know that without someone telling me it belonged to a serial killer. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. And and she kind of dodged that one. She's like, oh, yes, well, it's very complicated, blah, blah, blah. And kind of went off on a different uh, discussion of thocenes. Uh-huh. But she did say, and I think this is a fair point, although it doesn't speak to your point. Yeah, mm-hmm. Your point is solid, Ross. But Thank you. Uh, one thing she did mention that I was like, oh, okay, is that my objection would be like, okay, but if, let's say it's Genghis Khan's sword, right? This thing hasn't been in action for quite some time, okay? And it's just been sitting in a museum. You would think it would just absorb all the energies from mm-hmm. everybody else and it would be fine now but she was like well everyone's looking at it and knowing the history and they're implanting their own thoughts on it and so now it's it's even more loaded with these sort of negative thoughts and feelings right oh, okay well yeah. all right yeah but you're well, right then you should be able to feel it without knowing yep double blinding also she said that if you're astral traveling and let's say you like i go to your house and i'm like oh i saw that kitten picture on your wall and you're mm-hmm. like there's no kitten picture someone else might be like oh i think you just proved you weren't astral traveling 
but that that person would be wrong. No, because you it only... It means that a kitten picture used to be there, and the morphothocene is just left on the wall. Yes. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, these morphothocenes are kind of like these Aristotelian ideals of things, <laughs> and they can they can stick right. around. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a great catch-all. Like you say, there's no disconfirmation of any of this. Right. It's like definitely a lot of remembering the hits and... Eh, forget the misses. Aristotle would fucking love this. Aristotle was so just like, I'm making my own shit up. Here we go. You <laughs> would like it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She also said that on the topic of uh, geoenergy, she said that one time she went to the pyramids in Mexico City. It had such strong energies and so many thocenes that it made a student faint and a teacher throw up. So I went and looked up those pyramids to yeah. see exactly how high they are. They're very high in the air. So I think that's why the elevation's quite high. So many times they would be talking about some phenomena and be like, see, yeah. you know, the astral ramifications. I'd be like, yeah, there's like a perfectly right. normal explanation. 7,000 feet above sea level. For what you're talking about. Why do you need to invoke that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you hold hands oh. with someone, you're exchanging relationship energy, by the way, because your palms have a ton of bioenergy in them. Oh, really? Just don't go holding hands with people you don't like. Boy, yeah. Jeez, be careful. They were talking about airline pilots and stewardesses having fewer children. Uh-huh. And what was the explanation? Because they're not grounded to the earth energy. They're not getting <laughs> enough earth energy. And then just their, I don't know, their repro organs dry up. Ah. Or you think maybe they have less children because they live jet-set lifestyles right. or they get high doses of radiation. Because radiation. Uh, I did look that up. I didn't look for a long time, but I had trouble finding like a very good source for that claim. Mm-hmm. But uh, it did appear to be like actual fertility, not number of children. Okay. But the explanation I saw pretty much everywhere was radiation. A much more approximate energy. Yeah, you're getting much higher doses of radiation up there. And then uh, they'd be talking about interpersonal bonding and stuff, and I'd be like, like, uh, you're talking about like oxytocin and other uh, hormones. Yeah, right. like why why do you need to invoke this? Anyway. anyway. <laughs> it's funny with the whole like love hormones thing. I know that those things are chemicals, but I really can't shake the feeling that there's like a physical thing, like mm. a sponge between me and that person. Mm-hmm. I get why people think that. It's very hard for me to be like, to feel like that's true when I'm like, but Carrie, these mm. are chemicals in your brain doing a thing thing i'm like sure sure okay but that but i don't feel that yeah it doesn't dampen the sensation but at mm. least as far as explanations of it go you you understand that's one. what's happening i get it i just don't like it fair enough okay anyway ross what are the four professions you could have in <laughs> in the world in olden times Oh, Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know why she brought this up now, but she was like, I mean, in the olden days, you could basically have four professions, right? And we're all like, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she said- Maybe that's <laughs> just her way of like feeling the crowd like, will they agree with anything right, I right. say? I'll just keep nodding. <laughs> yeah, um, you could be a performer, a farmer, a religious person, or a handyman. That's it. <laughs> what? There's nothing in here about medicine. I mean, yeah, handyman, I guess, where covers construction. Where is the apothecary? In all yes, that. right. The where teachers, is the apothecary, Carrie? Very good. I played the apothecary in Romeo and Juliet in yes. high school. Yes. Anyway, just needed to mention that. There were only four jobs. <laughs> no politicians. No warriors. What? Oh, no hunters. What? Just farmers. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Which one of those would a warrior count as? None of them. Performer. <laughs> I guess it depends on like how artsy you throw your bow. Now, also, Ross. Yes. When you tap into this 
special spiritual element of yourself. One thing that you can do is take someone else's energy, dissipate it. Oh, yes. And then restructure it into good energy. So if Mm -hmm. you're having a negative thought and I absorb it, I can just change it. But she kept saying it dissipates. And so then you and I tried to kneel down what this meant. Yeah. So you have, I picture all these particles and she's kind of put it in our minds as positive and negative particles of holothocines and they're creating and accumulating. And so you want to break this up. And so she says you are dissipating it. Right. And so, you know, we both picture, oh, okay, well, you're kind of scattering them out so far apart that it thins out. And, you know, and it's unnoticeable now to you, the viewer, your parts per million drops in a given cubic meter of astral realm. And so it feels like it's calm, but it's not. That's what dissipation is. So Carrie asks her that. So I said, okay, well, like when I think of dissipate, I think of like a room full of steam. Uh You see all the steam, but then like you open the door, the steam quote unquote disappears. But what it's really doing is all those molecules are going out there into the world. You explained it very well. And they're just very dispersed. Yeah. And she's like, no, not like that. It just actually goes away. She agreed with you. She said you were right. Uh Uh-huh. But then she said the contradictory thing like, yeah, yeah, it goes away. But it goes away completely. And then I was like, oh, so okay. (laughs) Uh, So then theoretically, if everyone was doing this work, we could all absorb all the negative energy in the universe and turn it into good and there would be no more bad. And she was like, theoretically, yes, but... We can't fit that many people in this room. And I was asking, is there a law of conservation of those scenes? Like, <laughs> are we just rearranging them constantly and changing their relative densities? <laughs> or can we create We're the- so the worst person <laughs> at a party. <laughs> <laughs> Those are really obnoxious like, questions, aren't they? Yeah. But I wanted to know because you get yeah. this clear, you get this mental image, and you want to test that model. Does uh-huh. that model work? Uh huh. No. Yeah, we're totally like a. Someone whose five-year-old is bringing them their homework. You're like, okay, well, this is interesting. But, okay, so if you're right that a square is just two circles, then how would this work? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, maybe you should go back and look at that again. (laughs) This is how you help people with their homework? (laughs) I I don't help a lot of people with their homework, okay? All right. But yes. Okay. Okay. So, Ross, then we got down to the guts and glue, the Mm -hmm. velo. (laughs) Oh, yes. The velo. This is really the most important exercise. Right. And why call it something like the energizing exercise when you could call it the velo? Yeah. Or even like energetic oscillation. But no. Right. No. It's the voluntary energetic longitudinal oscillation. It is the mother of all exercises. It brings the energy from the head down and it installs a vibrational state. The other Carrie said, if you rearrange the letters, it spells love. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher like shut that down. She's like, no, that's very confusing. We need to, <laughs> we need to call it the velo. <laughs> yeah, because then it would be... Longitudinal oscillation, voluntary, energetic. Get it together, Carrie. I don't know. That kind of makes just as much sense. No. She is giving Carrie's a bad name. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the velo is... So this is... You're not just visualizing it. You are actually accreting all your bioenergies up to the very top of your head Mm -hmm. at that top uh, chakra. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were named... Crown chakra, thank you. And then you are willing it to move down your body, Uh kind of through each chakra. And Mm -hmm. it's sort of a a meditative thing where you're not just picturing it, but actually moving those energies. And then it travels down. You can all close your eyes if you want to, unless you're driving. Don't close your eyes. I'm doing it right now. Okay. And then you move it through the chest, and then you feel it come down to your gut. Seems a lot of people have a hard time 
getting that energy to move to their gut. Yeah, we both had trouble the first time. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let it travel there. (laughs) Right. Down through your, and it was funny how they would prance around the sex. Oh, oh, right. The sexo chakra. Yes. <laughs> That's the, yeah. Of all the names they come up with, they call this the sexo right. chakra. So imagine the energy around your genitals, and then it moves down your, your legs, just the upper legs at first, and then you feel it move through your knees, and then your lower legs down to the bottoms of your feet, and you Which, feel the energy there. Right. And so for people who've done mindfulness and meditation, this is pretty similar. Oh, yeah. You're just like basically relaxing each part. But then... It goes faster and faster. You kind of send that energy up and down your body. Right. And then you send it back down, then up, then down. But you want to do it only as fast as you can still control it. Like you have to be able to stop on a dime and tell where it is. It doesn't want to just be sort of like a dispersed feeling of right. Movement. Yeah, and then they showed us a video as kind of an example. And that so, looks like Raylian video. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's this lady standing outside and she's kind of meditating and then they've superimposed this white glowing light that moves up and down her body and then goes faster and faster and faster. And then it, it looks like she's getting beamed up in a teleporter. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. So yeah, later on, like I had a hard time and they had us try this there in the room with the lights down. And I thought it was because of my seated posture. And so I tried when I got home later to do it standing like this woman. And the next day we found out, no, never stand for this. because They said you could stand against a wall. Oh, that's right. But she wasn't in the video. Sorry. She's standing out in the middle of nature. Mm-hmm. But then you're using too many muscles to support your body, mm-hmm. which makes right. sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so this, it, yeah. it creates a vibrational state. Which I did sort of feel. Oh, to vibrations me it, are so important. To me, it felt like static, like uh, mm-hmm. like I was the TV. And that is what will help jostle free your astral body. You mm-hmm. know, it cuts all these connections that are kind of holding it to your body. And something's definitely happening there. I mean, something physiological. It does mm-hmm. something to you. I think it's basically kind of putting you in a trance-like state. Yeah. So the first time we did it, how did you feel? It wasn't working very well for me. I would get kind of confused when... It would get to sort of my midsection because Mm -hmm. they're talking about, you know, it hitting each spot and I'm trying to move it down, but I'm also like visually, okay, well now my knees are bent. So Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to push it out and then down again. And we didn't find out to the next day that that's, you know, the wrong way to do it. Just kind of picture a straight line, a line of Mm -hmm. action as uh, animators would say kind of going from one side mm-hmm. of your body to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I w- it wasn't too effective for me when she led us through that first meditation. I definitely got to that vibrational state, which she said was really good, but I didn't wow. I didn't feel like I was going to get out of my body. And it also um, threw me that, uh, and I think others in the class as well, that they would say, don't visualize it. Right. So you're like, well, what else do I have? You know, actually, I know exactly what she meant, but I've told you before, I'm not a visual person. Yeah. So like, maybe that makes it easier for you. Maybe because I'll use that verbiage because that's what most people identify with. So I'll say like, oh, I was picturing X, but that to me doesn't mean I actually had like a mental picture of it. I just sort of like have a feeling about it. It's very hard to describe if you don't work this way. Yeah. Uh, it would yeah. be very easy for me to imagine a cloud of white energy yeah. and then pass that through my body. But they're like, no, no, you've actually got to feel, feel that it. energy yeah. moving. That totally makes sense to me. It's sort of like a kinetic vision. I don't know how to describe it if you don't feel that way. Anyway, that worked fine for me. And then she said, now I'm sending out energy and I want you to feel it. And I could kind of feel it like a disc on my forehead, like pushing my forehead back. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah you said that. Because afterwards they had us give our feedback and... Mm-hmm. You mentioned that was a physical sensation. And they said later that was one of the like getting out of your body feelings is feeling pressure on your forehead. Ooh. Who knows? Exciting. But I did not get out of my body. And the other Carrie 
kept calling her body her Earth suit. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. having trouble leaving her Earth suit. And the teacher did not seem to like that. Like, please stop saying Earth suit. <laughs> <laughs> it does make me think of the word her suit. She was not particularly her suit. No, not I really. Am. I'm a her suit person. So, Ross. Yes. Then we went home and we came back the next day. Which we will tell you all about in our next episode. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our man, Ian Kramer, is in the house. He did buy a house recently, you're right. With his wife, Haley. We bought a zoo. And his child. Caitlin? And he's our- Baby Catlin? Catlin, like Catlin Stark from Game of Thrones. Of course, my favorite show. I have to explain this. He's our administrative manager. You can find us on Facebook. If you like Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. Facebook is a great place to go because we post pictures, we post videos, Mm -hmm. we post articles, all kinds of things. Yep. And we post also encouraging words about donating to the immigrants at the border. And some of you guys stepped up to the plate in a magnificent way. Oh, man. Thank you so much to everybody who donated after our prompt on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, that was amazing. And you'll get your video soon. You can also find us on Twitter at Ono Podcast. And you can support this show and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. D-O-N-A-T-E. Is that how you spell yeah, it? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And remember, from astralforward-institute.com. Conscientiology and projectiology give special importance to practical experience and interdimensionality as well as to study and theoretical research. Hey everybody, Hal Lublin and Mark Gagliardi from We Got This here to talk about our upcoming live shows. Why don't you tell everybody the details about our show in Philadelphia? Sure. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go down to Philadelphia Improv Theater, okay? I'm going to do it on Saturday, June 23rd, okay? There are two shows. One is 5 o'clock show. There's an 8 o'clock show. At 8 o'clock show, you can get a VIP ticket and hang out with us at 7 p.m. for like a whole hour sign something for you you can hang out you can talk to us and then come see a show both shows are gonna be completely different now both shows both shows are gonna be different here's I sounded you- like a british actor trying to do a philadelphia accent yeah you, you can look up philadelphia podcast festival you can look that up and get tickets there or you can go to philadelphia improv theater to the fit theater p-h-i-t uh and you can get tickets there or you can just go direct at bit.ly forward slash we got philly 2018 that's w-e-g-o-t-p-h-i-l-l-y 2018 maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported